0: Welcome to Rage Against the Mainstream, your full-spectrum source for all things music, insight, and opinion. Today's date is November 15th, 2021. My name is Bill, and I'm here to introduce, I wouldn't say like our new friend, that's kind of like our thing, but my friend and your new friend, Doug. Hey, thanks, Bill. Thanks for having me, man. Not a problem, dude. So, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Who are you?
1: Well, I've... uh, Pretty much just been in the, into music my whole life. Uh, started playing guitar when I was uh, six. Uh, I play in a heavy metal band called Condition One. Um, just overall, uh, m- my life revolves around music. So uh, I love to talk about it. Um, you know, everything from instruments to the uh, recording process to, uh, you know, what what current artists are up to today.
0: Well, I think you'll make a pretty good fit here. <laughs> so i would normally say like uh, what have you found in the past week that was new and interesting but you've never been on the show so what is interesting
1: to you at this moment <laughs> well i'd have to say uh, this week um I- i'm a huge in flames fan and uh just recently uh pretty much all the uh, past members got together and they're starting up a new band uh, called the halo effect uh, oh shit there's a uh, new new single they just put out called shadow minds i've been i've been digging that pretty hard um definitely has like that classic gothenburg um you know swedish metal sound uh, yeah. heavy vocals really melodic guitar lines love it
0: now what era of inflames do you like like gravitate towards
1: um, I mean it's all really good except for I'd say their last album or two, um, you know, where pretty much it's just uh the rhythm guitar player and lead singer left in the band. Yeah. Um and they've kind of taken a more um like auto-tuned vocal approach. Mm-hmm. And I'm not so much into that.
0: That's um, usually what everyone's real problem is with the new inflamed shit. It's like it's yeah. like super like commercialized and that's just not in flames I mean granted like I like Colony but like that's not like in flames especially the older shit yeah
1: yeah Um, I mean just these these last couple albums there's been one or two songs that kind of almost sounded like classic in flames but then Andrew starts singing on some of them and it's like (laughs) oh no
0: (laughs) that's funny (laughs) well speaking of like kind of like oh my god They re-released Hellraiser, the Ozzy Osbourne song from No More Tears. Now, to the untrained ear, everyone would think, like, oh, it's the same song, and they just put Lemmy on it. But, being the super over-analyzer that I am, and I'm like a production whore, like, I love production, I could tell there was major differences with this version. Like, the Zach Wilde guitars were thinner, like, the reverb was, like, turned down, to comedy for like the rawness of Lemmy's vocal performance from the motorhead version of the song. And like in theory or in, yeah, in theory it seems like it would have been like a pretty good version of the song. Like if it was done like correctly, mm-hmm. but it's like, they kind of like dropped the ball just for it to be like, oh, Hey, here's a here release of this song. You know, like check this out and Lemmy's on it. And it's like, you kind of ruined what the original version of that song was. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I, I I don't hate it, but uh, I do see what you're saying. Yeah, right? it's just yeah. like,
0: I don't know, dude. That That's the thing I love about No More Tears. Like, the guitars are just super epic, and they're huge. Like, it, it's yeah. it's one of my most favorite produced albums of all time. Like, it's just so good. And, like, when you hear, like, I don't know, like, Hellraiser's just so, like, iconic of a song for me. Well, first off, because of Grand Theft Auto. But, <laughs> like, it was just like... I don't know. Like, no more tears as a whole is just an extremely good album, and Hellraiser was one of those like, uh, like it seems like it was like one of those like last minute or last thought type tracks, and it's like it wound up being like one of the best on the whole album, and um, it's just so like I remember hearing that song, and like the guitars are just so fucking big, and when that came on, I didn't hear that, I was like, uh, okay, yeah,
1: the video was cool, yeah, you you don't turn down Zach. No, you
0: can't ever <laughs> like, it's just like, it's just so epic sounding. And like, you know, from no rest, uh, yeah, no rest for the wicked until no more tears. Like he really came into his own. And to me, it's just kind of sacrilege to do that kind of shit to him. Definitely. It's not fair. Yep. <laughs> That's one of the comp or one of the big things that me and Doug have in common. We are Zach wild fanboys. Absolutely. <laughs> New Jersey strong.
1: on this day in music history
0: on this day in music history november 15th 1956 actually doug is the guest today so i'll let you do the honors of doing the first one i know how big of an elvis fan you are
1: On uh, this day, 1956, Elvis Presley's first movie, Love Me Tender, premiered at the Paramount Theater in New York City. The film is a Civil War drama that was going to be called The Reno Brothers, but when Elvis became a major star during the shoot, it was retitled after his hit song with Elvis given the top billing.
0: I, I've never seen any Elvis movies Like, obviously, like, like I know the songs, but like, I've never seen any of the movies for it to actually wind up on the website that we find on this day in music history. I feel like this is something I should probably check out.
1: Yeah. You know, I've seen bits and pieces of uh, some Elvis movies, Uh, probably stuff. You know, my my grandparents probably had like uh, their classic movie channel on. I've caught some snippets and. I mean, I, I, just Elvis in general, I, I was never super into. Yeah, I understand his influence. He's still influencing people today. I mean, just look at Volbeat. Yeah, but <laughs> um, you know, uh, yeah. As far
0: as his acting career, I I don't know much about him. That's something I should probably look into. From all accounts that I've ever heard, he wasn't that good of an actor.
1: I believe it. You can't. You know, you can't do it all. You can't. You can't have. uh a voice like that moves like that and be, and be a great actor.
0: <laughs> I think it was like Eddie Murphy's raw or delirious. He was like impersonating Elvis or something. He was just like, he's like, you know, when they were shooting like blue Hawaii or some shit, they're like, yo, this guy sucks at acting. Just, just have him sing. Like, <laughs> fucking just have him sing. Yeah. <laughs> that would make sense. Uh, moving on here. 1972, Harry Chapin's son, Josh is born. Which gives him a new appreciation for the poem his wife Sandy wrote called "Cats in the Cradle." Harry puts music into the uh, puts music to the poem, and it becomes his biggest hit. Um, I like the original version, but I am more partial to the Ugly Kid Joe version. You yeah, know, I, I love the eighty shit, ninety shit, and like I for the longest time, I actually thought that that version was Skid Row. Oh really? Yeah, I thought I thought Ugly Kid Joe was Skid Row, and I was like, "Man, Sebastian Bach actually learned how to sing." <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I like both versions. Harry Chapin's "School." Yeah, yeah, that is a cool song. In 1974,
1: on this day, our man Chad Kroger the frontman of
0: Nickelback, was born in Alberta, Canada. Probably one of the most influential figures to the music scene ever. Absolutely, I know that's your favorite <laughs> band, Bill. Dude, listen. I've said it on this show a hundred million times. I will stand behind Nickelback when, when it is appropriate. I'll tell you what, you know, Nickelback, they, they get a
1: lot of bad flack on the internet, people joking around that they're going to torture you by making you listen to Nickelback and whatnot. I, I do honestly think Nickelback has some talent. And yeah. th- those guys are definitely all metalheads. But I think rather than putting out a super heavy album that really just blows the doors off. They'd rather just collected a, a paycheck making, you know, your
0: generic radio rock. Yep. Your, your generic butt, That's how
1: I feel about them. You know, your butt rock.
0: Yeah, dude, I'm like the... I'm the fucking butt rock ambassador of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, I always... You know, like, I hate the whole, like, elitist attitude tor- towards music because, you know, like, it's somebody's art at the end of the day. And I totally get it, but... Like, you know, how can anyone say that a song like sucks if the after you get done saying that you still have the song in your head? Like, yeah. like everyone has a job they have to do and they did it. You know what I mean? Like everyone everyone in the fucking world knows this is how you remind me. Yeah, um, <laughs> like you started. You started off with "Never Made It as Wise Man," and then everyone knows the words. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So they're, they're they're doing something
1: right. And I gotta say that. Um, did you hear that uh, rendition they did? A devil went
0: down to Georgia. Years no, ago? I didn't
1: hear that. Oh, you got to check that one out. They they killed it
0: on that. Believe it or not, they got their props from me with that song "Side of a Bullet." I don't the know song about Dimebag. bag. One. It was a song about Dimebag, but. They had, or I guess Rita or the estate of Dimebag gave them like a bunch of snippets of like various solos that he did and they pieced them together into the song. Oh, that's so, like, cool. So, like, Dimebag plays on a Nickelback song. So, if Nickelback is good enough for Dimebag, well, yeah, Nickelback's I, good enough for me.
1: Did, didn't he? <laughs> didn't Didn't him and uh, I think, I think Zach Wilde ripped solos on her cover for um, Saturday Nights All Right for Fighting.
0: I think you're right. Yeah. Like, and dude, it's funny too. Like, uh, like, I mean, we got off about Chad Kroger, but Chad Kroger seems like, um, he's like the guy Fieri or the guy Fieri. Like everyone <laughs> hates him for no reason, but like, and it's funny. Cause I saw like the funniest picture in the fucking world. It was guy Fieri, Chad Kroger, Sammy Hagar, and like Jerry Cantrell together. And I was like, like, what? <laughs> like, this, like, uh, besides Jerry Cantrell, this was like the picture of like the most like hated people, like in their certain areas. Yeah. Like, and it's the, there's are the three people that people hate on for no reason. It's like, and their friends. Yeah. <laughs> like, how is that possible? <laughs> yeah. I don't
1: know. They all seem like good dudes to me. Um, you know, I love Jerry Cantrell. Oh, know. yeah.
0: And who doesn't like watching diners drive into dives late at night? Exactly. <laughs> like, it, it's just one of those things. Like, then again, if Nickelback is good, is good enough for Jerry Cantrell, it's good enough for me. There you go. So, there's your invite for all three of you guys. I will gladly sit here and talk shit with Guy Fieri. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 1992, however, uh, at the Pacific Amphitheater in Costa Mesa, California, Ozzy plays the final date of his No More Tours tour, which he says will be his last. Obviously, that was false. Um, his former band, Black Sabbath, opens the show in tribute with Rob Halford on lead vocals since Ronnie James Dio wants no parts of it. That's like the most gangster shit I've ever heard of. Yeah, yeah. Dio's just like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be be a little awkward, you know? Oh, dude, could you imagine? That's like, I don't know. That's like like your wife dating a dude with like a 15-inch dick and then gets invited to like the wedding, or you get invited to his wedding. You're just like, nah. <laughs> nah, I don't think I'm, I'm going to be there for that. Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> but obviously this was not Ozzy's last tour because I saw him on the No More Tours too tour. <laughs> and then you know all the other various tours from 1992 until now. And I think once uh once the covid shit kind of like lets up, he's going to be back out touring again. Hey, God bless him if he can get out there. I, yeah.
1: I, I saw him in uh I think 2016 on the um uh the end tour with Black Sabbath.
0: That was probably tight.
1: Oh, uh, they played a great show. I saw him in uh Camden, New Jersey and yeah, he,
0: he was he was great, way better than I thought he would have been at that age. Going back to Ugly Kid Joe for a second, Whitfield Crane, you know he tours with Black Sabbath. Like when they do their um like their warm ups or sound checks or whatever, he's strictly like on the Black Sabbath payroll as like Ozzy's like dude. Oh no, I didn't like know that. he's the guy that does a sound check for them. So oh, technically cool. he's like an unofficial member of Black Sabbath. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Yeah, and like I, I always thought it was weird because like um, I forget what I was watching. It might have been like the documentary for the end, or just like something. Maybe I was on like an Ugly Kid Joe kick. Go figure. And um, it was like Whitfield Crane with Black Sabbath, and I was like, I gotta dive into this a little bit more. And then like he sings for he, well, you know, obviously not anymore. But during the sound checks, he would do it, and then during the show, like. Like if Ozzy would like drop out a note or some shit, he'd be there to like sing that note. Hmm. Like it's like like crazy shit, like some like space age shit. Like they have like in ears and like like they know like hey, Ozzy's not gonna sing this, so you have to sing this. Huh? Didn't I never heard of that? That's interesting. Yeah, dude, you gotta look it up. It, like when I read it, I was like, what? Hmm. Like that? I my life has been a lie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm I'm. I'm sure there's all kinds of stuff that goes on behind the scenes with a lot of bands. I mean, for you to fill a tour schedule of like hundreds of dates yeah. and have your voice at tip top shape on every at single, over 70 years old. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's got to be some kind of help going. on. Oh, yeah.
0: The Rolling Stones has to have like a, just a complete backing band like behind them. And like they're <laughs> just there for show, like just pantomiming it. Yeah, I think they're at that stage. <laughs> That's going to be the title for this episode now. <laughs>
1: All right, so next up we have on in nineteen ninety four on this day, TLC released their second album, Crazy Sexy Cool, featuring hits such as Creep and Waterfalls. This group's most successful album and it sold over ten million copies in the US. That's wild. Yeah, that's a lot of albums. It was a
0: good album. I mean, and you know, like obviously like being like metal guys, it's like sacrilege, but like I listen to TLC. But if Waterfalls comes on, everyone knows the song.
1: <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I, so I, obviously I'm a huge metal fan, but any music that's good, I'm cool with it. Yeah. You, you got a good beat, you got a good bass line. Got a melody. If it moves you, awesome. Um and I gotta say, like, um the thing with TLC, like I can appreciate them uh, a lot more than a lot of today's pop music. They they had good beats. They had a, mm-hmm. they they would switch it up from, you know, Straight singing to some rap in there, yeah, um, and and, and I think didn't they? I think they did the uh, theme song for that variety show on Nickelodeon. All that,
0: yeah, yeah, that was them. <laughs> yeah, I I used to love that show. Wow, that was, was a kid. throwback. I haven't heard all that in like fucking years. Now that song's in my head. Yep, <laughs> that I
1: for, you know for kids' show they, they, that introduced me to TLC and Coolio.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's funny it's it, the whole premise of all that's actually kind of funny. It's like Saturday night live for kids. Yeah, pretty much. Yep. <laughs> and you think of all the careers that it like that like happened for, yeah. you know, like who like took off from that. Like that's insane. And yeah, I mean, it's just kind of funny. Cause like the chain reaction at a certain point, it turns into like Drake bell, like trying to like, you know, coax underage kids into like sexual acts, but <laughs> that's yeah. rather here nor there. Yeah. Um, but, yeah so yeah t l c with crazy sexy cool like that album is great, and then like obviously everybody knows waterfalls. I more or less remember t l c because of uh you know Lisa left eye Lopez burning her fucking boyfriend's house down <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> did, did, she she uh died in a car accident a few yeah years ago uh actually I think it was more than a few years ago, but she it died was in, in the, the early two thousands,
0: I think yeah, early, it, yeah was it was either late nineties so. or early two thousands. But yeah, it was, she, um, I forget, I forget the circumstances behind the car crash, but it was like, it was like a fucked up, like, kind of like this could have been set up type deal. Oh, that's for another episode. I I keep like teasing this whole conspiracy episode. Like I'm going to do a conspiracy <laughs> episode. It's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lastly here in music news in two that music history in 2007, uh, in a charity auction, a 25-year-old man from Scotland pays $170,000 for two tickets to the Led Zeppelin reunion show, the O2 Arena in London. Over a million people entered a lottery for the 18,000 tickets, which sold for a face value of $255. Dang. You probably had to do that kind of shit, though, because that had to sell out in, like, literal seconds. Oh, yeah. Like, and this is 2007, so this is, like, pre like, them, like, putting the bots out there to make, you know, to make sure that people weren't using bots. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, mass purchase tickets. So, I guarantee you within probably 15 seconds that whole show had sold out. I mean, it's like A- Absolutely. I mean, it would have been cool to see that show, but not for $170,000.
1: Would you pay $170,000 to see any band live
0: or dead? Okay. Here's my scenario here. $170,000, and this this is, like, my, like, dream show if it ever were to happen. Van Halen with both singers, you know, just, like, alternating, alternating sets. Like, it doesn't even have to be full hour-long sets with each guy. Metallica from 89 or 88. Then Foo Fighters from, like, 2010. I'd pay $170,000 for that. I'd you need, you need, I, I, I need way more to,
1: <laughs> to go for $170,000. I, honestly, I, I don't know that I would go $170,000 for any concert. But uh, all of them would have to much. be in their prime. That's true, too. Yeah, this guy uh, spent $170,000 to see Led Zeppelin 30 years
0: past their prime. With Jason Bonham. Yeah, exactly. Yep. When he could have just waited like a few months for it to come out on DVD. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But then again, we're sitting here talking shit about this guy. But he was there. He he can say I saw Led Zeppelin. Yep. I, I've like
1: I've I've wanted to see Kiss for a long time, and every time they seem to come around, tickets are like two hundred plus. Yeah, and you know I just I can't I can't uh, like, justify. Like Kiss is cool,
0: dude, but they're not that cool. I
1: love them. They're one of my favorite bands, but I just can't justify putting out two hundred plus. You know, for a band that's way past their prime. Yes, you know. Just to say, I saw him, you
0: know, went to it. Well, that's the cool thing about like YouTube and shit now and like the computer age that we live in. You can look at this shit before you go. Yeah. And be like, okay, do I really want to waste my money on this? And even like setlist.fm, like you can go and see the fucking set that they played the night before and the night before that to see if you're going to get the same set that yeah. night. And it's just like, okay, well, then let me look. And then you start doing like cross referencing and you're like, all right, well, they played. You know, Love Gun, last Thursday in Hershey, PA. So, let me quick search this up and watch a live video on it. Then you're watching like four or five camera, you know, phone camera videos before you finally get someone that pro shot it. Yeah. And then you're like, fuck, dude, Paul Stanley can't even sing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's, uh, I I, I like it and I hate it at the same time.
1: Because... I like knowing what I'm gonna go get to see, but at the same time, I hate that there's no mystery in it. I'm not surprised when they get off yeah. the next song. I'm like,
0: oh, new that was coming. Like I hate like I I, I understand hundred percent what you're saying. Like I did that with um Allison Chains, I think it was 18, I saw them, and like I was like, I have to know what they opened the show with. Like that there was there was no like logical reason that I had to know, but I was like, I gotta look this up. I really got to know. Are they going to open with Bleed the Freak? Or are they going to open up with Them Bones? And then I think it wound up not being any of those. And then um, I forget. Actually, you know what? It may have been Bleed the Freak. And I was like, like in some for some fucking goofy reason, I had to know. And then I proceeded to look up the entire set. Yep. <laughs> Even though I knew I was going to get a good show anyway. Yeah. Yeah, those guys don't put on a bitch. No. I've seen...
1: I, I've seen I've actually seen Alice in Chains and Iron Maiden probably the most out of any, any bands.
0: I think I've seen Alice in Chains a total of five times. Yeah, me too. Like, it's it, it's funny, man. Before the pandemic, we talked about this on the show a million times. They're that band. It's like it's like Christmas. Like, every year they're coming. Like, it, it's going to be here, like, no matter what. And then, you know, 2020 was, like, the first time that they weren't, like, in Camden in August. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of funny, but, um,
1: yeah, I haven't, I haven't been to a show in a while with the whole pandemic going on. Yeah, man. Um, I, I miss it.
0: Well, what's kind of fucked up is I was trying to get a hold of tickets to go see black little society. What was it two weeks ago? They're playing mm-hmm. in Philly at, uh, the, uh, old electric factory. And I guess due to COVID restrictions or whatever, they completely canceled the fucking show and played in Reading instead. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a that was kicking the balls. So yeah. I really wanted to go see that. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'd like to see them again too, especially with their current lineup. Um, yeah, la- last time I saw them was back
0: in like two thousand five. And Dario's a fucking—he's a monster on guitar, dude. Yeah, he is. Like even you know, last week I suggested "Set You Free," and like Nick Cantonese was a great guitar player, and he was very good in that band. But like Dario brings his own flavor. And he's still able to keep up. Yeah. You know, it's just like, it's it's cool to have that other thing and not just like a dude that's literally trying to carve and copy Zach Wild. Yep. Like, I love Zach, but... Yeah, you can't you, you can't copy that. Yeah, but. it's just like, and don't get me wrong, dude, he was great. And I really like Shot the Hell and like all the other shit that he's done with them. But it was just like, it sounded like when you listened to the record that there was no other guitar player. Like, it was... Just yeah. Zach. Yeah. Like, actually, he probably just recorded the whole shit by himself. That's possible. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like that kind of guy. I would love to talk to him and, like, find out. Like, so do you actually let other dudes, like, play the shit, like, in the studio? You just fucking, you know, quad track everything and just leave it be? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm going to, I'm telling, one of these days he's coming on this fucking show and I'm going to ask him flat out and just be like, so. That then that, that'll that probably be the whole thing. And he'll, be, he'll just be like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> so this week, this is actually one of the only ones, the only episodes this whole season and probably series that I've actually ever did any kind of research for, like ever. Like usually how it goes is, you know, whoever it is will show up and like me and Steve will go outside and smoke a cigarette and then it'll just be like. So what are we gonna talk about today? And then we come down, and then it happens. And usually, when it happens like that, I'll be able to do some kind of like like intro monologue thing to get the where we're going. This time I can't really do that because, like, I don't know. I guess because like I actually did a little bit of research, that like now like my you know like my free thinking brain's like kind of like over. But we're gonna talk about notorious people in music. By notorious, we mean like. Well, I know infamous literally is the exact same word, but people that have done shit that will forever be in history for like crazy or just horrible things and whether or not that helped them rise into the stardom that they have or helped, you know, or just kept it propelling to where they are. So I got a few written down. I don't know how many you have. Do you want to? Uh, you want to start here since you're the guest today.
1: Um, sure. I mean, um, I, I I don't think you can talk about a uh, you know controversial artists, uh, you know, without touching on Axl Rose.
0: Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like we're talking about a, a guy that incited more riots than like anybody. Yeah, he uh,
1: that that tour they did with Metallica. Yep. Uh I think I think James uh, had gotten burnt.
0: Yeah, he stepped on, like, a a fucking, like, flare or some shit and, like, melted the skin off his arm.
1: Yeah, and then uh, Axel decided instead of saving the day, he was just going to (laughs) cancel. And then there were riots in the street. (laughs) Oh, man. Like, he was notorious for just, you know, having everybody at the event and then coming out late or not coming out at all. Yeah. um, I, I I hear he's cleaned his act up these days. Like if you if you get tickets to a show, you're actually probably going to see him now. <laughs> I think he still does the late shit. Does he? But he definitely shows up. <laughs> oh, he's uh, yeah. He, he, I'd
0: say he loosely shows up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Have you I heard him lately. Yeah, but you know what? I can't take from him the shit he was doing with ACDC when he was touring with them. I was surprised how good he was with them.
1: Yeah, I didn't see him, but I I, I did. uh, I saw some uh, some footage on. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I didn't get to see it live. But I'm not um, paying that kind of money. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Especially if they're not going to have Brian Johnson with them, I'm not paying that kind of money. Yeah, exactly. um, But yeah, um, and more recently, I just he he sounds. He doesn't have any rasp left in his voice. No. Uh, It's very it's very clean and it doesn't it doesn't it sounds like somebody trying to do an impersonation of Axel and
0: poorly. Yeah, it's just not a good Axel Rose impersonation, but unfortunately it is him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like and the fucked up thing is that everyone in that band is like on their shit. Everyone is perfect. Like the music sounds incredible. Like you know people were waiting for the day that you'd see Duff and Slash and Axel on the same stage and like if I paid money for that and like you know like YouTube and shit didn't exist and I had no idea what to expect and I bought tickets and I paid the premium that it cost to go see Guns N' Roses and that happened dude I'd fucking freak out yeah I'd incite a riot yeah (laughs) I'd be like guys did we really just pay for this yeah (laughs) yep but that—that's one of those things, though. People remember him for all the super fucking crazy, fucked up, bad shit that he's done. Just like Chinese democracy. I mean,
1: <laughs> uh, we—he uh, we, did—he did put out—he did have a good run. Pretty much every album before that killed it.
0: Oh hell yeah! Well, they're like the three most iconic albums like, of all time, and they have some of the most iconic songs ever. But like, um. Chinese democracy. We have like a running joke that it, that it, the only place you can get it is the Oblivion Bin at like Best Buy. Yeah, because I believe uh, who was it? It was um, me and one of our original co-hosts went to Best Buy and just like CD shopping. Remember when that was a thing? Yeah, and um, we were digging through the. I I just I always call it the Oblivion Bin. So we're digging through the Oblivion Bin, and like you know, you'll see like ABBA's greatest hits and the essential Rob Zombie and you know like Nickelbacks for all the right reasons and then <laughs> down there in the bottom Chinese, Chinese democracy. democracy and we're like you know what this is only it was $2 that should have been like, the, like the, the factor that was like this probably isn't going to be good yeah me we got in the car and um I didn't even make it through like we didn't make it through half the first song I don't even remember anything about the album yeah. I was like, this is literal garbage. I
1: just remember I waited... Man, he had that in like... He was teasing that for like something like 15 years or something yeah. crazy. And <laughs> I, I was so excited when it came out. I was like, all right, he he's had this in his back pocket for so many years. It's got to be good. Yeah. No. <laughs> I think there's like one song that was... Acceptable. And he had
0: like super good musicians on it too. Yeah, I think he had. didn't he, have, uh, he had. Buckethead. Buckethead. Yeah. Yeah, Buckethead, and I think um, Bumblefoot was playing guitar on that too. Yeah, well, I know it was one of them. Was yeah, was on it. I, I was, I
1: was shocked at how bad it was considering the lineup he had.
0: Then it turns out we looked it up, and the only reason that Best Buy had them so cheap is because Best Buy pre-ordered. Like, all of them from Geffen or, you know, where, Capital whoever they're signing from. <laughs> Oops. They pre-ordered all these with anticipation that it was going to, like, fucking, like, break records. And the only broken records that it got were when they wound up in the trash or, yeah. you know, were stomped out in the parking lot because you're pissed that you paid $2 for something you can't listen to. Yeah. <laughs> At least you only paid 2 bucks. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that's the funny thing about it. I mean, and I believe he still has it to this day. Like I think it's just sitting on a shelf as like a talking piece. Like, yeah, this is Chinese democracy. <laughs> Only the real Guns N' Roses fans listen to Chinese democracy. Yeah. <laughs> um so moving on here, one of the one of the few that I have is Keith Richards. Keith Richards is world-known as the super fucking hard partying hellraiser type dude and it's just it's just nuts like the the stigma around this guy and the stories that surround him he he's like he's beyond like the whole idea of the rolling stones like it's funny cuz you have you know a charismatic frontman like Mick Jagger but then you have this dude that is literally known for nothing but then just getting fucked up and, like, super fucked up. And he's, like, more famous than the actual band itself. And the one thing that I still can't get over is how he looks like he's 100 years old, and he's looked like he's 100 years old for the past, like, 15 years. Oh, easily. At least 15. how he's outlived, like, certain people, like Eddie Van Halen. Lemmy. Lemmy. Like, how is this... He's... like, him and Ozzy Osbourne are two of the only people that I can't like wrap my head around. They're actually still alive. Like it's just, it's wild to me. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I do enjoy
1: all the memes uh, like about climate change saying we need to make sure we leave this planet. Okay. For Keith Richards when we're
0: gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> um, one of the craziest things that I actually read about him was that he snorted his father's ashes. Mm. Yeah, his dad was cremated and he snorted his ashes. I read that and I was like, "Mm, yeah, it's a little little odd. It's a little much, just a little bit. Um, I actually have the quote here. Um, He told NME, I don't know who the fuck NME is, but I have to give them credit. Um, My dad wouldn't have cared. He didn't give a shit. It went down pretty well and I'm still alive somehow, some way. Yes. Science should probably look into that. <laughs> Not like a doctor, you know, scientist, just science. Like, yeah. science is a person. <laughs> but yeah, Keith Richards, that, like, dude, like, you look at pictures of him and it's like, this dude looks like he's going to die at any time. That's the one that surprised me. Yeah, The drummer, Charlie Watts, died.
1: Yeah, he's been looking like he came out of his crypt for a long time, too, though.
0: Yeah, but like it's funny. Like when you look at pictures of the rolling stones, like he looks like the most like mild mannered dude of them all. Oh, absolutely. Like he's like yeah. wearing like a members only jacket, like type shit. Yeah, exa- yeah. And like that dude outlives him.
1: Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, he, he looks like,
0: uh, he came straight out of pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. But grandpa in his members only jacket, you know, like Charlie Watts looked like he could have been like anyone's grandfather, like just stereotypical grandfather. Yeah. Like, Hey, we need an old guy in this movie. Call Charlie Watts. Yeah. <laughs> so what else you got?
1: Um, well, being as they uh, just came out with a uh, new album, um, how about uh, Limp Biscuit and Fred Durst? <laughs> a lot of people uh, put a lot of hate on Fred Durst, especially for uh, his antics at the 99 Woodstock. Woodstock. <laughs> uh, in fact, actually, there was just a uh, special um out on uh, I think it was HBO um about it, Woodstock 99 yeah and they hmm. they they basically uh make uh make it seem like Fred Durst and ins- like incited the whole uh riots and uh, flames and everything yep
0: i i'm trying to remember cuz i've watched like our uh, you know like archival footage of this I'm pretty sure he did, like, kind of incite that shit, like saying, like, like rip, like rip shit down or tear shit up or something, and like he like didn't stop it from happening.
1: Well, I mean, the, their hit song is break, break stuff, stuff.
0: <laughs> so <laughs> they but. gave they gave him all the nookie he could handle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got
1: I, I I gotta say, um, you know, I. I, I grew up in that time where you know Limp Biscuit and uh Corn uh Mudvayne like that that whole scene was huge. Oh yeah. Um I mean that was like the metal to be into um when I was in uh, me, uh middle school early high school um and uh, Limp Biscuit ended up getting a lot of hate but uh I will say uh they're original like they are the Oh yeah. They're e- even though they get compared to corn a little bit, um, they really don't sound anything alike. No. Other than that, they're playing more of a um, hip hop kind of groove with some of their songs rather than, you know, your traditional, uh, like thrash metal. Yeah. Um, but and and they incorporated elements of rap into it, but, um, yeah, I, I I really like West Borland as a guitar player. Yeah, um, I mean his his
0: riffs are killer. He's underrated. He's underrated, especially even in the new metal scene. He's he's underrated. Like you always like hear about like Steph Carpenter from Deftones or you know Corn and Head or you know um, what else? Am, who else? I'm drawing a fucking blank here. Uh, like uh, yeah, the
1: Coal Chamber. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm uh, the the douche from fucking Linkin Park. Mike Mushock or whatever else. Oh is. no, you that's, know I'm talking about? Uh, that's
1: stained. Mike Mushock
0: stained. Okay, then who am I thinking of from Lincoln Park? I couldn't tell you his name. Yeah, I don't. I I used to remember his name, just like him. Like, oh yeah, I know the guy from Lincoln Park. But mm. like, like you hear about those guitar players, you never ever hear about West Borland being on any kind of like top players list or anything like that. No, and he, I mean he
1: he's an odd guy. Don't get me wrong, but. <laughs> He puts out some killer riffs. Yeah. I mean, that, that riff on uh, break stuff is so simple, mm-hmm. but it's catchy. Yeah, man. And I got to say, there, I was listening to uh, to their new album recently, and uh, it's a really short album, which is kind of a shame, but um, I'll tell you, there's some tasty riffs on there. Is there? Yeah. Is, is it a good album, though, as a whole?
0: Uh
1: is it worth a listen? It's worth a listen. Okay. Um, there's definitely some cool stuff on it. Like I said, I was I was a little disappointed at it. I mean the runtime on it's only like 32 minutes.
0: Oh shit! Yeah, it's it, it's quick. So um, it's more of like an EP than anything. Yeah.
1: Um. But the name's hilarious. Lip Biscuits still sucks. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's there's some cool stuff on it. I think that did hit like uh, they hit on the Billboard chart too, and I think I think it like broke like a record for um. Like uh, like a comeback album type deal. I'm pretty sure I read really? that somewhere. I could be wrong. But it is funny about Limp Biscuit though, because they currently, it was, what was it? It was a few weeks ago. It was on Music History when Chocolate Starfish came out. It was the last album to, I think, it to have a million copies in its first week.
1: Hmm.
0: Like the last album, like ever. Yeah. Like it holds a record to this day. It's possible. I mean, so
1: it was also different back then because you didn't have all the streaming platforms. Yeah, you actually did buy
0: your shit. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was a little different on how things were tracked and yeah. Yeah, now, now it's a whole new ballgame.
0: But it is kind of funny, though, that of every band in the entire world, every band that's ever come out of existence, Limp Biscuit currently holds the last spot for a million albums in a week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that in itself is like a joke. Yeah, it is. <laughs> It's just one of those days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Who uh, else you got there, Bill? Um, this one should come as no surprise. Ozzy. So, from the very beginnings of him being like the Antichrist, and, which obviously was all false, and moving into the 80s with the Bat, and then moving in further into the 80s with his antics with the Motley Crue. Ozzy Osbourne is one of those guys where it's like, you should have been dead like a long time ago. I, I thank God that that bat didn't have COVID back then. This would have
1: happened way way earlier.
0: Yeah, and just think, we wouldn't have, we would definitely wouldn't have had the science or the knowledge back then to actually combat <laughs> this at all. <laughs> no, <laughs> we don't take COVID as a joke here on this podcast. <laughs> um, I think well. I think the Bat story outlives, or not outlives, but kind of out, it is, it's the shining, like, thing in, like, Ozzy's, like, lore. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? Like, like his, like, the urban legend of Ozzy, like, that is the one.
1: Yeah, I look at it as, like, my mom couldn't tell you a single Ozzy Osbourne song, but she knows that he bit the bat off, or bit the head off of yeah, the bat. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs>
0: I think what what was it that I was watching? It might have been like Ozzy and Jack's World Detour or some shit. And um, they were talking about how more people recognize Ozzy on the street from being on the Osbournes than him actually being like Ozzy Osbourne. That yeah, uh, <laughs> it's sad but true. Um, yeah, I could totally see that. <laughs> well, it it is kind of funny too because the Osbournes, like the Osbournes, as a show like, really propelled MTV into this whole, like, reality TV thing. Like, people don't realize, like, not only is Ozzy a pioneer in, like, heavy metal and, like, you know, really super important in music, but he's just as important in TV and
1: film, too. Yeah. I mean, if there is no, uh, Osbournes might not have the Kardashians. Damn (laughs) it.
0: Bummer. (laughs) Um another like um another uh instance with Ozzy is what was depicted in The Dirt the Motley Crue movie i don't know if you saw that oh i did what did you think about that movie
1: um, I'm not sure how factual it was. Uh, just taking it at face value, I thought it was pretty entertaining.
0: I thought it was cool. I like Machine Gun Kelly as Tommy Lee. I thought that shit was like perfect.
1: Yeah, you look you you pretty spot on.
0: Yeah, and I thought it was crazy how they cover up all of his tattoos and shit.
1: I, I thought the I thought the best though was the guy that
0: played Mick Mars. Oh yeah, it wasn't he? Isn't he from Game of Thrones? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> he. What was the one thing he said? Like, uh, the, do you have a band name? And they're like, no. Well, he's like, he's like, yeah, whatever you came up with probably sucks. Every band you've been in probably sucks. And he's like, I had this band called Sweet 16. It was pretty good. He's like, that band probably sucked too. You never even heard us play. Well, with a name like Sweet 16, you guys definitely sucked. <laughs> <laughs> like it, that that movie was full of zingers. Yeah. So the scene I'm talking about with the dirt is when they're out at the pool. And this has been, you know, uh, you know, documented everywhere Mm -hmm. that they were having like a gross out thing with Ozzy, like who can do like the nastier shit. And I believe Nikki Six like snorted up ants or something. And then he was like, he was like going to snort his own piss. And then Ozzy took it a step further and just started lapping the piss up like a dog. That is absolutely. Yeah, I don't. I don't think there's any kind of like bragging rights or anything that could yeah, push no. me to something like that. Like, yeah, no. sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, I I I don't even know.
1: I don't even know what the amount of money would be for me to do that. It would have to be a pretty decent amount,
0: like five thousand. Like, I, I don't know why you got five thousand on you. <laughs> <laughs> it depends. Money talks.
1: <laughs> so what do you got? So, um I don't think you could talk about uh you know notorious figures without bringing up Marilyn Manson. Oh yeah.
0: Danny Christ superstar.
1: I I just remember uh, growing up uh you know just hearing that name would just make moms quiver. <laughs> and not in the good way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean any uh any any of your uh, like church moms like Oh would my just, god. Like absolutely oh hell no. Like <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you have to think about it, too, which is real. like, like, in today's standards, like, that isn't, like, Marilyn Manson wasn't shit, like, compared yeah. to shit that comes out now. Yep. And, like, what's even funnier is you think of, like, the shit before him, like, you know, like Slayer and, like, all those other bands, and they were like, oh, my God, like, this is insane. And, like, now that shit's, like, played on regular terrestrial rock radio. Yeah. And now, like, you, like, you go from that. To Marilyn Manson. And that's like... Yep. <laughs> and then now you just have Cardi B. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, it, it is amazing how things have changed. Like, what was uh, considered, like, absolutely unheard of back then. Like, by today's
0: standards, everybody's like, meh, that's not so bad. Yeah. But just, like, everything that surrounded him with, like, the, you know... The, um, you know, like the anti religion thing and just his stage presence, his stage show, like it was just like insane. Like, even it is kind of funny. Like, you think about it like today, no one really kind of does shit like that now. Well, probably because of cancel culture and everybody being PC, but like back then, that shit was probably like watching like a snuff film. Yeah. Um,
1: he was definitely in a league of his own, especially back then. Oh
0: hell yeah! And it's funny too, because everyone that was like in his band were like incredible musicians. Like yeah. when he first came out, I think he had like John Five with him in the very beginning. Yeah, and Love like John Five, dude, John Five's retarded on guitar, fantastic. But yeah, it's just wild with with uh, Marilyn Manson. Just and now he's a part of Kanye West's church. Who would have thought? Yeah, I saw that.
1: Um not sure what's going on there. I guess you could probably wrap him into controversial figures too. Uh Who, Kanye? Kanye. Oh, hell yeah.
0: <laughs> I'll yeah, let you finish.
1: Now, now, now you know that they uh now you see why they get along together. <laughs>
0: yeah. What's even what, what's kind of crazy about the Marilyn Manson thing is you know he made a particular splash in the music industry when Eminem brings you up in music. Yeah, that's true. Like in the way I am, he's like, what was it? Um when a dude's getting bullied and shoots up his school and they blame it on Marilyn, and then Marilyn Manson was in the video. And then I believe in um My Name is or The Real Slim Shady, like he dresses up as Marilyn Manson too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't um
1: I don't know that I've ever seen uh, that video now that I think of it.
0: I'm trying to think. I think it's I think it's my name is. He's dressed up as Marilyn Manson. After the show we'll look it up. Yeah. (laughs) Um I have another one. Once again, you can't actually I'm gonna skip this one because I'm I'm kinda tired of talking about Molly Crew. Um you let me let me guess. You're gonna probably say Nikki six. Nikki six. Well only a few people can die a few times and still come back. Yeah. That like I feel like sometimes like sometimes I have to challenge myself. And it's just like Nikki Six was kinda like the low hanging fruit. Like I was kinda pushing it with Ozzy and Keith Richards, but like Nikki Six was kinda like, okay, like this was a given. Like of course you were gonna talk about Nikki Six. So a little less known one, but definitely the craziest one on my list, Gigi Allen. Oh jeez. <laughs> He he's notorious and he's infamous and he's everything you well everything that you come to know and love if you like Gigi Allen. Yeah, but to you know the normal straights um a dude shoving a you know a fucking banana up his ass and shitting on stage and throwing it at people and having a baby dick and shoving drumsticks up his ass and like It seems like there's a lot of ass shit with Gigi Allen. But cutting himself up on stage and just, like, the antics that was involved with him and uh, the TV appearances that he did and, obviously, the overdose that led to the end of his life. Yeah. You cannot talk about, like, crazy and not bring up Gigi Allen.
1: Yeah. I mean, so, you know, people, people like, uh, talk about how punk he was and, like, uh, you know that you know he's crazy and this and that I'll be honest I think his music sucks I think he sucks (laughs) and he doesn't do anything for me like I'm not shocked by his antics he just probably belonged in a mental hospital (laughs) it's kind of a shame that people let him parade around on stage
0: like that and yeah you know I'm not I'm not a big fan of Gigi Allen like music wise I think his antics are like kind of crazy and like like, I always think about, like, if you were to drop Gigi Allen, like, today, like, what would happen? Like, first off, he'd be canceled in an absolute heartbeat. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I think that him, I think if he had come out now, it would propel him even further than he was ever at in the, ni- in the 90s. Gigi Allen would probably be one of the most infamous musicians or, you know, music people, like, of all fucking time if he came out now. Now, do you say because of his attitude or his actual music? Because of his attitude. Like, obviously, no one cares about music anymore. Like, look at the billboard charts. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't know that. Uh, so, it, it's hard to say because with an attitude and, like, you know, being that crazy, I don't think he could exist today.
0: Um, That's what I mean.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he. as soon as that would hit social media, you know, with a video of him, you know, Take it a crap on
0: stage. Yeah. You know, done. Yeah, but that's the thing though. That would like put him into like viral type territory. And it would be like you'd have Gigi Allen on TikTok. That's the gonna be the title of this episode. Gigi <laughs> Allen on TikTok. It would just be just like, you know, five second, twenty second videos of him just taking shits at like places where he shouldn't be. <laughs> but um, you know, uh, like i'm I'm just like looking through here like his uh his rap sheet, if you will, and it's just like you know getting in fights with his audience um you know running from the police uh you know it, it's funny because this thing that I got here it says to call g. g. Allen a punk rocker is inaccurate he was more of an extreme confrontational performance artist. With musical tendencies.
1: I'd say that's probably accurate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Gigi Allen. <laughs> yeah. No, not, not for me. Um, I saw, I saw one other, uh, one other person that, uh, you had had on your list there that we didn't talk about. We should probably touch on was, uh, Suge Knight. Yep. Switching it up to hip hop. Um, I mean, Def Row Records, one of the most successful record um, uh, record labels of all time, as far yep. as rap goes. Um, countless hits, um, but now Suge Knight is behind bars for I think till
0: I want to say twenty thirty seven. Yeah, I'm actually bringing up the Wikipedia page because on my notes for this episode, I just put Suge Knight and it was like too much to type, and I was like Wikipedia. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, uh, July of 2037, he's eligible for parole. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because he was on the set of, um, Straight Outta Compton, he fucking ran somebody over.
1: Yeah, I saw the uh, video of that, he just, like, backs up and, like, runs yeah. through, shh, right over.
0: Dude, he's fucking nuts. Yeah. But, like, going on Wikipedia here, because, actually, Shogunite was my last one on my list, too. Um, so... In 95, he pleaded no contest and was sentenced to five years probation for assaulting two rappers at a recording studio. Go figure. Um, he was sent to jail pending on the hearing of a probation violation um, when him and Tupac attacked Orlando Anderson, Anderson, uh, a Crips gang member. Um, he was then sentenced to nine years in prison in mm-hmm. 97 for probation violation, but was granted early release and was let out on August, uh, 2001. In 2003, he was sent to prison again for violating parole when he struck a parking lot attendant. Um, it says death row's income rapidly declined during Knight's recent incarceration in 2003. Um, oh, this one wasn't really that bad. In 2006, he engaged in another dispute with a former friend and ex-associate Snoop Dogg, after Snoop insulted him in an interview with Rolling Stone magazine. Yeah, that probably wasn't good. You don't fuck with a dog father, dude. Um, 2008, it was claimed by police that uh, Suge Knight was... Uh, <laughs> he was uh, part of the gang, uh, mob uh, of the Mob Piru, a street gang in a crackdown by authorities in the city of Compton. 2008, he was involved... <laughs> In an altercation uh, involving a monetary dispute outside of a nightclub. He was unconscious for three minutes at the hospital. did not cooperate with the Los Angeles Police Department. 2008, he filed bankruptcy. 2009, he was taken to Scottsdale Healthcare uh, Osborne to be treated for facial injuries he received during an altercation at a private party in a hotel where he was reportedly punched.
1: Unreal. I mean... If I was like, if I had that guy's money, like the only injury would be like my thumb hurting me from counting my bills. Dude,
0: are you kidding? Like it's it's I forget where I heard it before, but it was like one of the rappers, or you know, it might have been like Easy E or something, but it was like, um, like you could take the you could take the man out of the streets, you can't take the streets out of the man type deal. Yeah, and like that's pretty much what happened here. And he brought in a mob mentality to a record label, and it just didn't work. Yeah. I like,
1: think that I think that happens a lot in in the music industry. Not even necessarily just hip hop. I think it happens all Yeah, just all in right general.
0: Now. Yeah. Well, you know, cuz that's the thing. You think about bands like Guns N' Roses, think about Motley Crue, think about uh, Metallica. Like they brought that attitude and at the point in time it was able to be, you know, used and like all it did here well, in the beginning, you know, in the whole, like, beginning of Gangster Rap, it did build, like, street cred for a lot of these artists, and, you know, it was like a, um almost like a rite of passage type deal, but in the long run, you can't run a multi-million dollar business like how you would a fucking crack house in Camden. No. Like, you know, I'm not going to pull a dude from a crack house in Camden and give him a record label. Like, that's just not going to work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the. Although some of these face tattoo guys that are out now look like they might've come.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I saw a meme the other day. It was like, um, it was a dude that like had fallen asleep at a party or some shit. And they like, drew like glasses on him and like wrote like, like penis or some shit on his forehead and like just drew shit on his face. And it said falling asleep at a nineties party. That picture. And it's like today's rappers, that picture. (laughs)
1: Oh, I think I saw that too, actually.
0: Yeah. It's like who's doing your tattoos? Like dude, they look terrible. Like, and it's funny too, because I feel like that kind of started like post Malone. Like I feel like he kind of started that whole like like where it was like like I don't want to say acceptable, but you know what I mean. Where it's like it became more popularized, like after him. It's like, oh well if this guy's if post Malone's doing it, then like fuck it. We're all doing it. Then you got Takashi Six Nine. And then you got like uh you fucking name it. Like, who doesn't have a face tattoo anymore?
1: A wise woman I worked with once told me, you don't put b- uh, bumper stickers on a Bentley.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I was dying. That's, that's funny. I oh, like it's that. Perfect. You don't put bumper stickers on a Bentley. <laughs> that's hilarious. So, that kind of wraps this topic up. Unless you had anything more you wanted to talk about with Shug Knight. No, I think I'm good on Suge. <laughs> so, what do you think? Was there anybody that we didn't bring up that we should have brought up? Do you think that we were way out of line with this episode and we definitely weren't being politically correct with this and we should really watch ourselves next time? Get at us on our social media accounts. Instagram and Twitter at Podcast, Facebook.com slash RATMPodcast. YouTube search. Rage Against Mainstream podcast because we have not received the subscriber account enough to get a custom URL. So every like, share, and subscribe that you do will help us. Then, of course, if you want to, you know, write and the hundred and fifty characters on Twitter isn't enough for you. You can get us uh, retm podcast at gmail dot com. But let's roll into our suggestions for this week. Sure. <laughs> what do you got this week, Doug? Um. My
1: suggestion for the week. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up a little bit from metal. Okay. And I'm gonna go with the band Los Stellarians. Have you heard of them? No, I have not. They're actually a, a side project from Sa Martinez from uh, 311. Okay. Um, they kind of have a a bit of like an old school soul kind of sound. Um, very good bass lines. Um, you know, ex- excellent beats. Great singing. Um, I would have to say, um, we, we could we could look at the song Trippin' is a good one by them.
0: Okay, that's awesome. Um, my suggestion for this week should come as no surprise. I feel like I've talked about Ozzy Osbourne a lot this episode. Like I feel like from the start till now, like I brought up Ozzy at least twenty times. Um, I'm gonna suggest for you the September seventeenth, nineteen ninety one release, "No More Tears." The song I'm going to suggest is not Hellraiser or Mama, I'm Coming Home or No More Tears, but it's actually S.I.N., Shadows in the Night. I feel like this is an extremely underrated track on this album, and it has one of the, one of the best Zach solos on the entire album itself. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Uh, no More Tears, S.I.N. But, yeah, that, uh, that kind of wraps it up for this week. Doug, I want to thank you so much for coming on, and you are more than welcome to come uh, come back here and hang out whenever you want. Yeah, thanks for having me, Bell. I'll definitely have to stop by again. Oh, absolutely. So, once again, you can find us on our social media pages, facebook.com slash Podcast, Instagram and Twitter at Podcast. YouTube search Rage Against the Mainstream Podcast only because I can't remember all the special characters and numbers and slashes in order to find our page and of course our email is always open and ready and available for your hot juicy submissions ratmpodcast.gmail.com but until then this is another episode of Rage Against Mainstream Podcast for the books as always I'm Bill I'm Doug have a good night guys thanks for listening